You're listening to a Sovereign Hope Church podcast with pastor and teaching elder Adam Vinson. As you're being seated, I want to encourage you to have your Bibles on hand. Um, if you've got notes from the back, we'll definitely be filling those out. I'll be placing those um, on the screen. Um, if you don't have access to our online notes, there's a link in the bulletin um, that we want to remind you about. This is where I'm posting um, our PowerPoint notes each week. Um, so you're welcome to access those whenever you would like um, to copy down anything that you might miss uh, from a Sunday morning. We have been uh, in discussion over the past couple of months now um, just talking about the reputation of our church and what we want to be known as based on what we're presenting on the website, based on what we believe Scripture teaches, and then how we're kind of taking what Scripture teaches and uh, applying it for this local body. Um, and so we're going to wrap up our application discussion today over the past several sermons. Looking forward to next week, which we consider our application Sunday. Um, and as a part of that application Sunday, we are going to be um, asking you for nominations uh, for deacons. And so I did post kind of the third and hopefully final draft of our deacon document um, on the city uh, yesterday. Encourage you to read through that. Uh, make sure that you're prepared. Any questions you might have, any additional feedback that you would like to give, please uh, feel free to do so. Um, we'd love to have your input. Um, but we do plan to uh, go forward with our nomination of deacons next week um, based on the great feedback that we've already gotten, based on our discussion here on Sunday mornings the past couple of weeks. Um, we look forward to uh, beginning the process of implementing new deacons, um, and so we're excited about starting that next week. So we encourage you to be here next week for Application Sunday. Today I want us to go back and look at um, our sermons that we did on serving, uh, growth and discipleship, and then love and fellowship. Um, I want us to kind of recap some of those things um, talk about them in a little bit different light today uh, based on an application mindset. So not just talking about the fact that we should be in fellowship and loving each other, but kind of talking about how we're working that out here um, at our church. So just to remind you the summary sentences uh, from those sermons. Um, first of all, we desire to be a church that is known for fellowship, accountability, discipline, and restoration resulting in the perseverance of our members. Okay, so as elders, we certainly have a desire that on that day when Christ returns to be standing with you uh, in maturity. Uh, we want to be uh, ushered into eternity with each and every one of you. And so in order for that to happen, um, as elders, we want to create an environment here as your shepherds, a place where fellowship and accountability and discipline and restoration can happen because we see that being the pattern of perseverance. Uh, we know the New Testament teaches that you have to persevere to the end to be saved. We believe that if you're sealed with the Holy Spirit, you will persevere and that God is going to use these type of things to ensure your perseverance. Uh, the fellowship with other believers who help stir you up to good works. The accountability of individuals looking into your life and helping you bear the burdens that you bear. Uh, discipline when necessary. Somebody coming to you to confront sin that you've been blinded to. And then ultimately restoration that we see in Galatians chapter 6. What it looks like to restore somebody uh, who has repented and to help hold them up in the midst of uh, potentially their sinful habits. Um, we believe that those things working together with the element of the Holy Spirit indwelling us, it results in the perseverance of our members. We want to make sure that we're a church 
that provides those type of services to anyone who comes to be a part of this local church. Secondly, we desire to be a church that is known for pursuing personal sanctification by imitating others through discipleship, resulting in the spiritual maturity of our members. So we don't want to just persevere kind of on our last leg. We don't want to be uh, just hobbling along. We want to be confident soldiers of Christ, individuals who have grown up into maturity. Um, And we desire to be that type of church through personal sanctification. So calling each and every member to uh, pursue Christ through their own personal study, through their own spiritual disciplines. And when you don't know how to do those things, being able to follow others and imitate others who do know how to do those things. We believe that in providing that type of system, providing that type of opportunity, it allows for all of our members to grow up into spiritual maturity. And then the third uh, sermon series that we're recapping today, we desire to be a church that is known for showing compassion and care to others, resulting in the use of gifts and resources bestowed to our members. And this is part of maturity, realizing as you grow up in Christ, realizing that God has given things to you. He's given you gifts. He's given you resources. He expects you to be a a manager of those things, a steward of those things, not a hoarder of those things. And so you are meant to, as you grow into maturity, grow into the capacity of using those things for the good of others. And so we want to be a church that allows for that, that encourages that. We want to have leadership in place uh, that helps draw those things out of the members. We want members helping to draw that out of each other as well. And so we'll talk a little bit more in depth about how we do that here at Sovereign Hope Church. Um, In your notes, if you're keeping notes with us, there's three things that um, I want us to focus on today. The first one, we need members who are fellowshipping with the body. We need members who are fellowshipping with the body. So going back to that sermon on fellowship and love, we need membership here at our church who are faithfully fellowshipping with the body. And and there's two elements to the body. That's other members, and that's ultimately Christ, who is the head of the body. So when we say we need members who are fellowshipping with the body, we're talking about individuals who, one, have a fellowship with Christ and are pursuing fellowship with Christ, deeper fellowship with Christ, but then also realizing that the rest of the church makes up the body of Christ, and so we are fellowshipping with other believers as well. And so we can say accurately that we are fellowshipping with the body when both are intact. We're fellowshipping with Christ, and we're fellowshipping with other members. I want to draw your attention back to 1 John chapter 1. So if you've got your Bibles and uh, you want to keep track with the verses that we're in, 1 John chapter 1, this is the passage that we looked at. Um, on that very first Sunday when we started working through our, our series on the reputation of sovereign hope. You'll remember in 1 John 1, uh, verse 1, it says, That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we looked upon and have touched with our hands concerning the word of life, the life was made manifest, and we have seen it and testify to it and proclaim to you the eternal life, which was with the Father and was made manifest to us. That which we have seen and heard we proclaim also to you, so that you too may have fellowship with us. And indeed, our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. And we are writing these things so that our joy may be complete. You'll remember we highlighted this section and said that ultimately John is saying, He wants to have fellowship with other people. That fellowship has to be rooted in Christ and the unity that we experience because we are in fellowship with Christ. So he says, 
I'm offering fellowship with you. Ultimately, the only way I can offer that fellowship with you is if you are in fellowship with Christ. It's what unites believers together, the fact that we are all in fellowship with Christ. But there's a third element to it in verse 5. This is the message we have heard from him and proclaim to you that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. If we say we have fellowship with him while we walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. If we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus Christ cleanses us from all sin. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves. The truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins, to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say we've not sinned, we make him a liar and his word is not in us. How do we understand fellowship at Sovereign Hope? Um, That's the question that I asked you in your notes. The answer is we want people connecting with Jesus and each other and disconnecting with sin through the following monthly opportunities I'm about to mention to you. We want people connecting with Jesus and each other while disconnecting with sin because that's the three elements here in this passage in 1 John. John says, I want you in fellowship with Jesus I want that fellowship to lead with fellowship with other people. And just so you know, we can't have either one of those if you're in fellowship with sin. So fellowship with Christ, fellowship with others, not fellowship with sin. And so what I want you to understand in talking about how we've structured our church calendar, because, again, this isn't a, this, we're not just recapping this sermon. I want you to see the application of what that looks like here at Sovereign Hope. If we're saying that as elders, we have got to shepherd you with opportunities to connect with Christ, to connect with each other, and to disconnect from sin, then we want to make sure that we're faithfully providing opportunities on a monthly basis for all three of these things. Okay, so let's look at the opportunities that are available here at Sovereign Hope Church. We've got Sunday gatherings, right? And typically that's four times a month, sometimes five, never less than four, right? Um, Four times a month at least we have Sunday gatherings. We have C group opportunities that are uh, one time a month. We have formal accountability. When you join our church, we put you into a C group, and then we highly encourage you to be brought into an accountability group within that C group. We have informal accountability because we encourage our accountability groups to meet one time a month together and then to meet with somebody in your accountability group one time a month as well. We have connecting points that we offer throughout the, uh, throughout the month, whether that's men's and women's dinners, whether that's married couple night outs, whether that's single nights, whether that's man up breakfasts. We've offered women's Bible studies in the past. We've had a whole host of connecting points that we try to provide for our church. Typically, there's one a month, um, sometimes more than that. And then number six, member-generated opportunities. This is where we've tasked you with the responsibility of inviting others into your life that aren't scheduled by the elders or anybody here at this church. We're asking you to demonstrate hospitality. Um, If it's a sign of someone who is qualified to be an elder or a deacon, then we certainly want to give you flexibility to demonstrate that hospitality. If we schedule everything for you, then it's hard to determine who's, who's hospitable and who's just always being asked to do this. Um, and so we want to give you opportunities to kind of generate some of this stuff on your own. We shared with you last week, several of you, several of you applied that this week. We talked about inviting people to be a part of your already busy schedule. 
There's things that you're already planning to do for fellowship, for recreation. Invite people from our church to come alongside you and do those things. Um, We're not asking you to schedule new things necessarily, more things necessarily. Do the things that you do every week. Just ask church people to do them with you. And that's going to automatically increase the feeling of connection and fellowship within our church if we're all faithfully doing that. I've never talked to anybody that said, I don't have anything going on for the next seven days, right? Everybody has things going on this week, and I don't know that anybody has absolutely uh, nothing going on that they plan on enjoy doing. There may be a week or two here and there where it's just slammed and we're not doing anything fun this week, but almost all of us have points during the week that we're doing something that we enjoy doing, Um, and we can invite other people to come alongside us and do those things with us, okay? Now, To tie in with our discussion this morning, quality versus quantity, do we need more things here at Sovereign Hope to connect each other with? Do we need better things to connect each other with? I want you to see these things in light of what we just shared in 1 John chapter 1. Opportunities to connect with Jesus. All right, we've got Sunday gatherings where we're going to proclaim the word every single week. Right, we're going to draw your attention to God's word. We're going to do that through singing. We're going to do that through personal study together. Right? There's opportunities to connect with Jesus every Sunday. With our C groups, um, you've also got opportunities to connect with Christ. We're going we're to draw your attention to uh, a passage that we're going to ask you to study for a, for a couple of days. And then we're going to ask you to come and share feedback on what God is teaching you uh, in, in response to some questions that we ask about that passage. Opportunity to connect with Jesus. Um, we talked about fellowship with each other. right? Fellowship with Christ, fellowship with each other. There's opportunities for fellowship Sundays. Maybe not if you show up right when we're starting and leave right when we end. So maybe Sundays is just connection with Jesus for you um, because your schedule forces you to get here when we start and leave right when we're done. But for, for a lot of us, we actually get both. We get connection with Jesus and connection with each other on a Sunday morning because we can show up a little bit early. We can hang out a little bit after, maybe even go to lunch with each other after. Uh, C groups, the same thing, kind of a dual purpose there, connecting with Jesus and connecting with each other. Formal accountability, all right? And so I've got, what's unique is that Sundays, we get to see everybody in our church. C groups, we're going to see a small portion of our church. When we go into our formal accountability groups, we're going to see even a smaller portion of that small group, okay? This is where we disconnect from sin, all right? So we want to fellowship with Jesus, fellowship with others, not fellowship with sin. There aren't a lot of churches that I know of that really push formal accountability the way that we do, all right? I think we're able to because of the size of our church. This would be difficult if God called me to pastor a church of four or 500 people, and all of a sudden on the first Sunday, I'm like, hey, we're going to start accountability groups. Everybody's going to be in groups of three to five, and and we're going to start this next week. That would be very difficult. We have this luxury because we're small, but it is an intentional effort by the elders to help make sure that you disconnect from sin, If you're going to be in fellowship with Christ and in true fellowship with each other, this is a third component that is so necessary. Opportunity for you to disconnect from sin and for someone to hold you accountable to that part. All right? Then we have informal accountability, which is even smaller than the smaller group. That's where we're asking you to connect with somebody in your group one time a month, just you and that other person. Maybe, hey, you want to go to lunch? You want to go to breakfast? Uh, I just want to hang out with somebody from my accountability group. That's kind of been the thing from the very beginning. Accountability groups, we meet one time, a month, one time a month together, one time a month with somebody else in our group, all right? Connecting points, this goes back to everyone again, 
right? This allows everybody to see everybody. Um, Maybe it's all the men being able to see each other. Maybe it's all the women being able to see each other. Maybe it's all the married couples being able to see each other. The important part there is that we're not, uh, we're not obligated just to our C group. See, if we're not careful, we build everything around our C group, and then we've got like many churches where we never really get to see everybody else. Member-generated opportunities, this gives you access to everybody again as well. When we talk about increasing the quantity, probably the easiest thing is, why don't we do C groups more than one time a month? We've been asked that question. We've gotten that feedback at times. I want to explain to you kind of the mentality of why we continue to keep it at one time a month. And I'll confess to you, at our last maybe two elder meetings ago, we were really, really close to taking a step to where we were going to increase the amount of C groups that we had per month. Here's why we hesitate to do that. Because if we increase the amount of times the C group meets in a month, one, typically it's going to add additional stress to the person who hosts the C group every month. Okay? Secondly, the reasoning behind it is that you've got some people that might miss it once a month, and now they have to wait a whole other month to meet again. My fear is that if we tell you we meet twice a month, some of you are going to pick which one out of the month to come to and then schedule something for the other time. Let's just be honest that, that when we're busy and we've got busy schedules, if we automatically said, hey, starting next month, we meet twice a month, a lot of people who have busy schedules are going to shoot to meet once instead of twice. We're going we're gonna to have some flexibility, which is great. That week doesn't work, but we can meet the other time. But there will be a lot of people who can't make two times, okay? Which means now our small groups are, are just smaller groups because not everybody's meeting all at the same time. We're kind of spread out over the course of two months. Um, the other factor here in, in why we don't see a need to go to two C group meetings a month, get our notes back up here is that for a lot of us, it would potentially eliminate the formal accountability opportunity, right? Like, our schedule's pretty busy. What we're saying as elders is that these things, these things have to happen. These six things have to happen. We've got to have our Sunday gatherings. We've got to have C groups at least once a month. We've got to have our accountability groups. We'd really like for our accountability groups to be more than once a month. We'd love for you to be reaching out to somebody outside of that formal time. We're going to have our connecting points. Otherwise, we're just a church that meets with our C groups all the time. And we want you to have opportunities to connect with people. If we go to two C groups times a month, for a lot of us, it's going to start to nick some of these things. Because C groups is going to inevitably fall in the same week that we have men's dinner. And somebody's going to say, you know what? I'm going to C group. I'm not going to men's dinner. Which stinks for me because I enjoy seeing the men of our church. And if you're always going to your C group and never coming to men's dinner, then I miss out on the fellowship with the other men outside of my C group. And just to let you know, my C group's running low on males right now. So I, I like the opportunity to see men outside of my C group setting because we have a lot of females in our C group. Okay? Um, so that's why we hesitate. And here's the other thing. If your C group individually would like to start meeting twice a month, then meet twice a month, right? If you, if you guys want to schedule an additional meeting, feel free to schedule an additional meeting. If you have somebody else in your C group that wants to have everybody over to their house, feel free to do so. What we don't want is to create a schedule that does not allow all six of these things to happen because we believe all six are really, really important to the health of this church. We don't want to overvalue, not that you really could, but we, want, we don't want to overvalue Connecting with Jesus over connecting with each other over disconnecting with sin. We want a healthy balance between those three. 
okay? And so we want to maintain kind of a balance here with how we schedule our monthly activities. We want you to connect with everybody in the church, not just your C group. We want you to connect not just for the purpose of fellowship, but for the purpose of disconnecting with sin. Um, And so we've built our calendar this way, not that we're opposed to adding more to it, um, and not that we're opposed to adding more uh, quality to it, but I hope you can see the way that we've tried to design it, I think it produces a healthy amount of quantity and quality if we're committed to doing these things. The opportunity is there for connection. The opportunity is there for fellowship with Jesus, with each other. The opportunity is there to disconnect with sin if we take advantage of those opportunities. Okay? Um, so we understand fellowship is sovereign hope from kind of a three-headed perspective, connecting with Jesus, connecting with each other, disconnecting from sin, we're trying to provide you ample opportunity to do that in a given month. Um, and, and what's great is that we always are, are, are willing to evaluate and to tweak. We welcome your feedback on how we can do these things better. But wanted to give you kind of insight into how we think when we meet and how we think when we schedule as your shepherds how to make sure that you're being taken care of. Okay? How can we improve upon this, though? Which area can I prioritize more to ensure I stay connected and others stay connected. All right, so in your notes, your application point for this section, which one of these areas right here, and you can just write down the one that you want, which one of these do you need to prioritize more to ensure you stay connected and others stay connected? And some of you may be looking at number and saying, oh, I forgot we were supposed to be doing that. <laughs> I, meet, I meet with my accountability group once a month, but I forgot I'm supposed to be trying to seek somebody out in my accountability group for an additional time once a month to connect. Which one could you prioritize? Some of you may say, you know what, I come, I, I'm faithfully connected to the things that my church schedules for me. Rarely do we generate something outside of that as a family. And so that's an area that we could prioritize. You know, we can, we can seek to connect with some people that we don't know that well, right? There's still times in a church this size where I'm hanging out with somebody and I have to describe who I'm talking about to that individual. It's not uncommon for that to have to happen. Who are you talking about? What's that person's name? So even as a church our size, we're still large enough to where some people don't know each other yet. And so member-generated opportunities is a way for you to eliminate that. You find people in the church, you invite them over, you invite them to hang out with you. Um, and, and don't say, well, I don't have a home to invite people to, so that one doesn't apply to me. You can go out, you can go out to eat, you can, you can create opportunity, go get coffee. You don't have to have a home to open up to people to be someone who generates opportunities for fellowship, okay? So the application point that I, and these aren't optional, like I really want everybody to identify these things that I'm talking about today. Application point, which one of these do you need to prioritize so that we can be a church that provides fellowship the way that the elders have structured it, okay? We can't force you to do these things, so this only works if it's prioritized by everybody. Which one do you need to prioritize more moving forward, okay? Uh, Number two, we need members who are feasting on the word. So we need members who are uh, fellowshipping with the body, We need members who are feasting on the word, all right? How do we understand discipleship 
at Sovereign Hope Church. Now let's go to the question that we asked in our discussion groups this morning. How do we, dis- how do we define or describe a mature Christian? Give me some feedback on what you came up with in your groups this morning. What do we mean when we say a mature Christian? Yep. Someone who can help teach others. Someone who can help teach others. Good. What do we mean by mature Christian? Can clearly explain the gospel to somebody else. Okay, can clearly explain the gospel to somebody else. What do we mean when we talk about a mature person? What do we mean by a mature person? Because I think there's some correlation between a mature Christian and a mature human. What do we mean? When we say somebody has reached maturity from a human standpoint, what do we mean? A little bit older. All right, a little bit older. Responsible. They can take care of themselves. They can feed themselves, dress themselves. Potty trained. Potty trained. It's always helpful. Um, we typically mean that they can work, right? Like they can do something. They can contribute to society. Um, you know, because even, even our society limits how much you can work up until you're a certain age, and then you can kind of expand upon your abilities to work and the amount of money you can make and the amount of hours you can work. Um, we throw around the term mature Christian a lot, and I think if, if we're not careful, we can really make that a mystical uh, thing that's really hard to shoot for. Um, what I want us to understand it as, we want to create self-sustaining individuals who can create other self-sustaining individuals. When we talk about discipleship here, we want to create self-sustaining individuals who can create other self-sustaining individuals from a spiritual standpoint. Okay, And we do this through relationships rather than in a formal class. We don't have discipleship classes here. But our goal here at Sovereign Hope is we want to create individuals who are self-sustaining, meaning I am capable of taking care of myself spiritually. I understand the maturity. From a mature standpoint, I understand what it means to grow spiritually. And I can can do that without... um, without regular assistance from somebody. Now, we're going to include the component of, of other people and the, and the need for other believers in your life. But what we mean by this is someone who can, who can uh, sustain themselves spiritually, individually, on a weekly basis, uh, can feed themselves spiritually, okay? So let me give you kind of a, a description of what we mean by self-sustaining individuals. They can read and comprehend and apply the word of God to their life through prayer. Okay? We've got to have people, if we're going to talk about people that are mature in our church, we've got to have people who can sit down and can read the Bible, can comprehend it, and can apply it to their life through the power of prayer and the Holy Spirit. You're not not a mature Christian. You're not a a self-sustaining Christian if that's not where you're at right now in your life. Now, that doesn't mean that, that there's, there's a problem that uh, we can't fix, okay? But if we're talking about mature Christian, we're talking about somebody who can sit down and, and knows how to study the Bible, read the Bible, glean from the Bible, feast on the Bible without somebody having to tell it to them, okay? It's helpful to listen to podcasts. It's helpful to, to, to listen to other preachers. But we've got to get to the point where everybody in our church that's a member 
can sit down and can read the Bible, can understand what it means, and can apply it through prayer. Number two, it's somebody who admits their need for accountability and encouragement from others. Okay, so self-sustaining doesn't mean I don't need anybody. It just simply means I can take care of myself, which a lot of times means me putting myself around other people who can help me. It's weird. I was thinking about maturity. Um, It's not uncommon for me to see fourth and fifth graders in the hallway and think these people are more mature than the middle schoolers. Because it's almost like as you're growing up as a kid, you start to really reach kind of a level of maturity, fourth or fifth grade, and then it plummets because all of a sudden you think that you really can take care of yourself, but you really don't grasp the fact that you can't. And so for sixth, seventh, and eighth grade, it's just like going back to square one, it feels like sometimes, with the immaturity that we deal with at Trinity. And then you hit ninth grade, tenth grade, and you start to see, okay, we're going to make it. I'm going to actually produce a kid that can take care of himself and can work and, and can dress himself and, and all those things. Um, but from a Christian standpoint, Reading the Bible, applying the Bible, admitting that I can't do this on my own all the time, that I need accountability and I need encouragement, okay? But I'm also an individual who can go a week and self-sustain myself and feast on the word and, and not live sermon to sermon, basically. I want you to see the difference. I'm not saying self-sustaining means I can go live at Chris's cabin and be the most healthy Christian for the rest of my life and never see another believer again. What I'm saying is that you're an individual who can grow and thrive spiritually without somebody always having to come alongside of you. You know how to go to the throne of God through prayer and through study and experience Christ because you've matured as a believer. Number three, you seek ways to serve within the church. Okay, We said a mature human being can contribute to society, can work a job. All right, when we talk about a mature Christian, we're talking about people who seek ways to serve within the church. They realize they're gifted, they realize they have ways to contribute, and they seek to find ways to do this. And number four, they engage others in order to be a resource to help others become self-sustaining. Let me tell you something. As elders, these are the things that we talk about when we talk about where we want you to be as a church body. Okay? When we pray for you, when we evaluate where we are as a church, we talk about the need for people to be better at number one. We talk about individuals that we're working with or individuals that we're exposed to and we say, we've got to get them to the ability where they can read and study the Bible on their own, where they're not just listening to sermons or constantly having to come to somebody for answers. They know how to go to the word for themselves. They know how to identify Christ in all of scripture and glean from that. All right, we talk about the fact that We would love for everybody to embrace their need for accountability to where we don't have to continually say, be in your accountability groups, be in your accountability groups, make priority in the area of accountability. We want individuals who are seeking ways to serve within the church. We want individuals who identify the fact that I'm here not just for me, I'm here for other people. And I'm going to engage you and I'm going to help you grow up in your faith and I'm going to help mature you in the faith so that you can be self-sustaining. To me, this is what it looks like for you to be a mature Christian. Now, there's different levels of maturity in all four of these areas. But you may be looking at some of these areas and saying, I'm not there, I'm not there, I'm not there. And this is what we desire here at this church. Through discipleship, that you're paired up with somebody that can help teach you and show you these things. And ultimately, when you're able to do all four of these things, you don't need formal discipleship any longer that's constantly scheduled for you okay so i don't need to meet with tyson for discipleship anymore right like i don't need to say hey when we meet in this month for discipleship 
Are there things that I could teach Tyson that he doesn't know? Maybe. There's things that he could teach me that I don't know I know for sure. But Tyson is what I would call a self-sustaining individual in this church. He can feast on the word. He recognizes his need for accountability. He looks for ways to serve within this church. And he engages others to help them grow up in the faith. Now, is there room for growth in his life? Absolutely. But I'm not worried about whether Tyson's meeting with somebody for discipleship. Could he explain every nuance of every theological book out there? No. He doesn't need to meet with somebody for discipleship. There's a lot of you that don't need to meet with people for discipleship, but there are those that do. And we need you to be able to meet with others that are self-sustaining. But it starts with you identifying maybe a deficiency in one of these areas and saying, I need to, I need to grow up in this area. All right, how do we improve upon this? Application point. And so I want you to think through this. On a scale of 1 to 10, describe your sufficiency regarding comprehension and application through reading and study. So I want you to evaluate yourself. On a scale of 1 to 10, 1 being low, 10 being high, how would you rate yourself on your ability to sit down and to read and to study and to comprehend and to not be a hearer of the word, but be a doer of the word and apply what you've just read and studied? 1 through 10. Describe your sufficiency regarding comprehension. And this is an area, we tried this a couple years ago. We called it the meat to meat campaign. We were going to meet with you so that you could eat meat from the word. And we said, if you're not capable of feasting on the word and eating meat, then tell us so we can come meet with you and help you mature in this area. But the problem is, is that everybody's insecure in admitting this. Because we would all agree that everybody should be able to do this. And it takes an act of humility to raise your hand, to step forward, to come to somebody and say, listen, I I can't do this. I I don't know where to start. I don't know how to draw things out of Scripture. I hear Adam preach on a Sunday, and I'm thinking, where in the world does he come up with this stuff? Like, I don't see it. Where does he get as much as he gets from, from this passage of Scripture? You come to somebody and you say, look, I hear you talk about your personal study. I hear you talking about what you're learning. That's foreign to me. It's foreign to me. I've never had that before. It takes an act of humility. It takes an act of humility. I realize that. But we've got to be honest with ourselves as to where we stand with this so that we can get help, so we can get assistance, so that we can grow up into maturity in this area. The second application point for this section, on a scale of 1 to 10, describe your regularity regarding reading and study. This is just as important because you can sit there and say, I'm capable of doing it. I just don't do it. I'm just not very consistent with it. If you put the Bible in front of me, I can sit down and glean from it and and feast on it and study it. But I just don't do it often. How would you rate yourself on regularity regarding reading and study? Going back to that first one, if you answered five or less, you probably need to tell an elder or your C group leader or somebody so that you can get help in this area. And I promise you that the, the enemy would tell you this is the most embarrassing thing to have to do is to come to another believer and tell him, I don't know how to study the Bible. There's not a believer in here that would laugh at you or criticize you or say you're dumb for having to come and ask me this. I promise you. It would thrill the souls of people in here if somebody came and said, can you teach me how to study the Bible? Because I'm not sure I really know how, and I'm coming to you because I think you can help me in this area. If you answered five or less on this one, you need to tell your accountability group. Um, 
This isn't an elder area. This is an accountability group area. This ought to be a part of your accountability. Are you reading and studying? And if not, how can your accountability group help you? To kind of tie in two passages I want to leave you with on this section to kind of tie in what we're talking about, this idea of maturity. I'm not just making up the fact that this is kind of like uh, mature humanity. Paul uses the illustration in Galatians chapter 4, verse 19. Um, he says, It is always good to be made much of for a good purpose, and not only when I am present with you, my little children, for whom I again in the anguish of childbirth until Christ is formed in you. I wish I could be present with you now and change my tone, for I am perplexed about you. Paul is, is criticizing the Galatians because he expects maturity out of them, and he says, I feel like I'm, I'm birthing you all over again. He says, I feel like we've reverted back to infancy with what I'm dealing with in the false teachings that you're believing. He says, I feel like I'm having birth pangs with you people, and I should be fellowshipping with you as though Christ has been formed in you. So Paul's even thinking in terms of childbirth and maturity from a human standpoint when he thinks about spiritual maturity. Uh, The author of Hebrews does the same thing in Hebrews chapter 5. Hebrews chapter 5 verse 12 For though by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you again the basic principles of the oracles of God. You need milk, not solid food. For everyone who lives on milk is unskilled in the word of righteousness, since he is a child. But solid food is for the mature. For those who have their powers of discernment trained by constant practice to distinguish good from evil. See, we want you to be able to grow up so that so when your coworkers post bad theology on Facebook in the forms of videos, you can discern good from evil, that you've matured in the faith and you've been feasting on the word. And when you see a pastor say something that sounds a little off, you say, that's not what Scripture teaches. That's not what Scripture teaches, that you're an individual who's feasting on meat and not milk. Starts with you being honest with yourself, though. Are you able to study the Bible? And number two, are you studying the Bible? And if you're not seeking help in both of those areas as an act of humility. Number three, we need members who are eager to serve. We need members who are eager to serve. All right, so fellowshipping with the body, feasting on the word, eager to serve. This is part of what we said maturity looks like. Individuals who serve within the church. How do we understand service at Sovereign Hope Church? The answer is we believe that every member is gifted and valuable. And we want to see every member doing something intentional to contribute to the overall growth and health of this body. One of our discussion questions a couple weeks ago was, how are you serving in Sovereign Hope Church? We want you to be able to identify how you are. Because we need everybody doing something intentionally to contribute to the overall growth and health of this body. Why? Because Scripture says we need it. And because Scripture says you've been gifted to do so. In 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 10, As each has received a gift, use it to serve one another as good stewards of God's varied grace. Whoever speaks as one who speaks oracles of God, whoever serves as one who serves by the strength that God supplies in order that in everything God may be glorified through Jesus Christ. 
It's almost as though you have two groups of people here, and we've been talking about these two groups of people. You've got people who can speak and who can teach, who we would call elders, and then you've got everybody else who can faithfully serve. And God has gifted people differently, so we do not expect everyone in this church to be an elder. It's also why we don't ask you to submit names of who you think should be an elder, because this is a very special, very special gifting. We believe that that individual should recognize it. That individual should be prompted by the Holy Spirit to pursue such a position. All right. But there are also people who have been gifted to serve. Remember, the elders are called to equip the church body to perform the service of the church. We want to empower you as the elders, equip you to do the work of the ministry. Peter says, look, some of you have the gift of teaching. Some of you have the gift of serving. Whatever gift you have, use it to serve others so that Christ may be glorified. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 23. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering. For he who promises faithful, let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works. Not neglecting to meet together as the habit of some, but encouraging one another. And all the more as you see the day drawing near. We've talked about this component. There is a responsibility on some level for you to encourage other people to use their gifts of service. All right? We highlighted in our sermon, um, kind of leading to our application point, the elder responsibility here is we're supposed to seek to delegate. Sometimes that's hard for us, but that's our job. We're supposed to get rid of anything and everything that we can so that we can do our elder responsibilities better. So we seek to delegate, and then we seek to empower and equip you to serve in ways that you desire to. Member responsibility, you're supposed to seek to encourage others, seek to value each other, and seek to serve each other. And then personal responsibility, to be available and to be intentional. And remember, we highlighted these three things in the New Testament, all these one another passages. We're called to pray for each other, to share each other, share with each other our stuff, and to commit to each other. Now, here's the thing. We were talking about this in my sixth grade Bible class this week. We were talking about spiritual gifts, and we were talking about Romans uh, and 1 Corinthians, where it's uh, talked about as though um, we make up the body of Christ. Okay, So this spiritual analogy that as members we make up the body of Christ. We talked about in my Bible class that as a physical body, we only have one, right? One body. We can't trade out our bodies and come to church next week in a different body. We can clothe it differently, but we're stuck with this one, right? And we get a better version of it when Jesus comes back but we have different members of our body, okay? So there's one body of Christ, and we all make up the different body parts, okay? And here's the thing. You have an important role to play here in this church because you make up a certain body part. Here's the thing. If you don't do your job, one of the other body parts has to compensate to do it. I was sharing with my sixth grade class my friend Daniel, who I worked with at Snowbird, who was born without arms, okay? And so I was describing to him, Daniel does all the things that we do. He brushes his teeth, he eats, he dresses himself, he does it with his feet. Okay, so he's had to compensate for the fact that he doesn't have arms, he doesn't have hands, and so his feet have to pull double duty. All right, they have to do things that they were never meant to do, never designed to do. He's had to retrain them, he's had to force it upon his feet to do things that his hands are supposed to do. Here's the thing. You're not so important to the kingdom of God that if you don't do your job, it doesn't get done, right? God hasn't put himself in a position where his plans fail if you don't come through. But what does happen is somebody else has to pick up the slack. 
right? He's going to still get his job done. He just may have to solicit more help, more assistance, more service from somebody who's already faithfully serving. We don't want that to be the case here at this church. We don't want two or three people doing everything in our church because what that communicates is we've only got two or three people that are gifted and everybody else should just show up and just let those individuals do everything, right? We want everybody because everybody's gifted here. You've got something special to offer that other people don't. We want you to contribute and to serve, even if it's not in a formal capacity with a title. There are things that you can do in a unique way that nobody else in this church can. We want you to find that, and whatever we can do as elders to help draw that out, we want you to use that gifting here for the health of this church body. All right, so that's our desire. How can we improve upon it? How can we get to where we want to go with that? Um, Two application points here. First of all, and this is an activity we're going we're gonna to follow through with at our next C group meeting. Okay, so I'm giving you two weeks, two, a little over two weeks to plan for this. I want you to list every people, every per, list the people, yeah, list every person, list the people in your C group. And I want you to be, able, be prepared to share with them the value they possess to this body. Okay, so I want you to get real creative. And this is just for members, so if you're visiting, don't panic. You're not expected to know everybody that well yet. Okay, but I want you to make a list of everybody in your C group, and I want you to be prepared, and, and I'm going to tell you how we're going to do it, whether we have a, 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 a way for you to share this digitally or whether you're supposed to come with, with opportunity to pass out something to them. I want you to be able to share with every person in your C group how you see their value to this body, okay, because inevitably we've got people that that are overlooking their value in some areas and they need somebody to tell them that it's there we need them to stir it up in them okay hebrews 10 says stir up good works in other people this is an activity we're going to do to try to help stir up some good works in people that maybe don't realize they're capable of doing those good works okay so this is going to be a big affirmation wednesday when we have our c group you ought to be showered with people telling you how awesome you are okay um and the only way that's going to happen is if everybody does their homework and comes prepared. Don't be the C group that shows up and forgot to do this and everybody leaves discouraged because everybody's thinking they didn't forget to do it. They just couldn't think of anything for me. Okay, so you're going to have to put some time into it. That's why I'm giving you two weeks to do this. List everybody else in your C group. And even if it's just one thing, I want you to be able to describe to them and tell them, this is how I think you're valuable. This is the value that I see that you offer to the body of Christ. You don't have to have the answers on how they're supposed to use that value, okay? But I want you to be able to give some type of affirmation to everybody in your C group next time. This is how you're valuable. This is the contribution that you're making to our church. You can run with it. You can, you can flourish with it if you want to, all right? Last application point. Are there any areas of service you would like to help create at Sovereign Hope Church for you to use your gifts? Remember when we talked about this, we said that as elders, it's not our job to think of all the service opportunities our church is going to offer and then try to get people to do those things. Otherwise, it takes on the flavor of the elder. Okay? Um, we're not going to run evangelistic football camps here at Sovereign Hope Church because the amount of people that love football is minimal in comparison to the overall membership. Okay? I would show up. Ben would show up. Maybe a couple other people would show up. But most people would say, I don't know anything about football. I don't really care about football. I'm not coming to the evangelistic football camp that Adam's trying to solicit help for. Okay? So if it's up to me, we'd have a bunch of stuff that I like doing and that are interesting to me, and you guys would be trying to fit in somewhere and forcing yourself to do things you're not gifted to do. 
The elder's job is to help equip you to do the things that you're good at. Okay? And, and, and so what I would love is if you've got feedback, so write this stuff down. This is the one that I would really want to hear back from you on. Are there things that you, and again, not just that you want to do, but you're looking at our church and you say, hey, I think our church could come behind this. Because remember, my job is to take your idea and sell it to the rest of the church. Okay, so, and, and, to, and to tell you as, as graciously as possible when I can't sell it to the church, right? That, hey, that's a great idea, but let's be honest, it's going to be really hard to get people to do that because nobody else is interested in that, right? Um, so any areas that you identify that the elders haven't seen that you're, man, we should do this. We should do this. Um, then I want to hear back from you. I want to hear from you on it. I want to hear from you on it. Um, not to... Cortland mentioned on the city that she would love because she she knows that there's a bunch of people that are talking about planting gardens in their in their uh, yards right and so Cortland offered her services that hey I'll come help you get started anybody else that's not currently doing that wants to do it that is an area that we could potentially capitalize on right we've got people that have specifically bought places because they wanted to develop livestock and gardens and here we are helping with I fifty eight and they're asking for food and. I mean, that's, that's potentially an area where somebody could come up and say, hey, I'm going to organize this whole thing. And while we don't have church property to put a garden on, we do have a bunch of people that have gardens at their houses. And so we're going to come together and we're going to organize all that and we're going to give our food away. That is an area that makes sense because we've got a lot of people that are involved in that and a lot of people even further that would potentially want to be involved in it. So that's the kind of thing I'm talking about. You kind of assessing things that you're interested in, gifts that you have things that maybe the church could be involved in. We'd love to have you apply what we're talking about and give that to us so that we could get to work on that. Okay, so just to recap, we need members who are fellowshipping with the body. Application point, what area of the monthly things that we're giving you, what area do you need to prioritize more to make sure that we're fellowshipping with Jesus, with each other, and disconnecting from sin? Um, secondly, we need members who are feasting on the word. Scale of one to ten. Do you need somebody to teach you how to study the Bible? Don't be embarrassed if you do. There's probably more people than, than, than I'm even aware of that, that really fall into that category. We're here to help. We can offer that help. We have to know that we need, we're needed in that area, though. All right? And then secondly, you may be capable, but how faithful are you in that area? If not, then you need to help. Uh, you need to reach out for help through your accountability group. All right? Number three, we need members who are eager to serve. Application points. Be prepared to share with your C group ways that you see their value. Um, and then if you've got areas of service you'd like to see created here at Sovereign Hope that makes sense for us at church, we would love to hear about those things. All right. Just in closing, um, some areas that you can automatically serve in right now. We've already said these. Coweta Pregnancy Services, I-58, Sonoy Events. Uh, we're going to have the Memorial Day opportunity coming up. Um, and I don't think we actually clarified this. Dave is actually going to start organizing our Sonoy service events. Um, so he's going to kind of become the point person. The elders are going to get with him uh, over the course of this year and kind of work alongside of him. But long term, we're hoping to pass that off to Dave. Um, Dave's agreed to be at all these events and to help make sure that when people show up, they know where to go. Um, so we're excited to, to have Dave serving in that capacity. Um, we'll give you more information, but Sonoy events coming up. And then uh, Grace for Education. As of right now, we've got Chris and Melissa that plan to leave in September. Um, we are still asking for people to pray about the possibility of going as well. We've got the money in reserve. We've got the ability to fund. Uh, we just need bodies that are willing to go. 
Um, as of right now, the only people committed to going, Chris and Melissa. So that opportunity is still available for anyone who is interested in potentially moving to Uganda uh, to serve alongside Chris and his ministry. Um, that's, an, that's available for you. Um, and then next week, we're going to uh, be asking for nominations for deacons. Be thinking through that this week. People that you would like to nominate, um, be thinking about why you want to do that. Make sure those, those are scriptural reasons. But again, we're looking for people uh, to come in and help lead our C groups. Um, we're looking for someone who would be uh, able to oversee our visitor follow-up to make sure that when people visit our church, we're able to get them acclimated very quickly. Um, so just be keeping those things in mind as we move towards deacon implementation next week. All right, let's pray together. Lord, we, we praise you and thank you for the opportunity to, uh, to be able to look into your word once again today and to uh, see uh, general ideas that you've presented. And then I thank you, God, that you've uh, equipped uh, elders to come alongside of me to help uh, implement these ideas in Scripture into tangible, experiential uh, items here within this local church. Um, God, we, we see in First John that fellowship with you is, is crucial to being a Christian, that fellowship with other believers is crucial, that disconnecting with sin is, is absolutely necessary to maintain that fellowship. Um, and so, God, we, we're praying and trusting that you continue to give us insight in how to do that on a monthly basis, how to connect our people with each other, um, how to connect our people with you, um, and how to disconnect from our sinful habits through accountability. Um, God, I pray that these opportunities would be prioritized, um, that we would take advantage of what's being offered um, so that we are connected in a, in a scriptural way, the way, that, the way that 1 John lays out for us. Um, Father, we pray that uh, anyone in our church who is incapable of, of feeding themselves from your word would seek out uh, the discipleship needed to do so. God, I pray that you would fight off any uh, tendencies to, to be embarrassed, uh, to, uh, to say that, well, this isn't something that, that I need to do. I can, I can just excuse this. God, I pray that every individual would see the need to be in your word regularly. And Father, we pray that you would continue to raise up people eager and ready to serve Everyone in this church is important. God, I believe that. You've, your word has said that. God, I pray that over the next two weeks that we can even increase the health of our church by, by just asking people to affirm the value that they see in other people. And God, I pray that through that activity that there would be a stirring inside of each individual's heart to find intentional ways to use that value to contribute to the overall health and growth of this local church. God, we've identified what you want this church to be through Scripture. We've, we've put it on paper. We've put it on a website. But ultimately, it falls upon us as individuals to, to be this, uh, to pursue this, to create this. Ultimately, because, Father, when Jesus comes back, we want to be standing together. We want to be mature in Christ. We want to be anxiously, anxiously awaiting his return. So, God, we pray that this church would be an environment where people can come and grow and learn to hold fast to the hope of Christ's return. And we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Sovereign Hope Church podcast. We trust that you've been encouraged by the word. For more information about our church, please visit our website at www.sovhope.org. Again, that's www.sovhope.org. 